As soon as you use the word IT, I'm switching off almost immediately. My sense on this is they've packaged up Waterfall. If your alternative is complete chaos in software development, Waterfall looks like a good idea. If you take the worst possible practices in the world, then yes, a practice that is merely bad practice is going to be better than that. What I'm picturing here is like a giant straw man flowing off Niagara Falls. I think Waterfall is better than chaos. As a firm believer in continuous delivery, I think Waterfall is chaos. Did you ship it? If you shipped it, then it probably wasn't Waterfall. The whole problem with software and the reason it's different to like building a bridge is you rarely know where the finish line is. Hi, I'm Paul Berger, founder of CircleCI. I'm Edith Herba, CEO and co-founder at LaunchDarkly. And you're listening to To Be Continuous, a podcast about continuous delivery and software development. You can get in touch with us anytime at our Twitter handle, at ContinuousCast. The show is brought to you by Heavybit. To learn more, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library, home to great educational talks from other developer company founders and industry leaders. Yeah, so, so this episode, I think, is going to be a very hateful episode, very ranty. This, this is the hateful eight, the, the Quinta Tarantino of episodes? It definitely going to be. And I think, I think this happens when you're discussing something which comes from Gartner. 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 But, but Gar- I, I, I like Gartner. There's, there's just a lot of legacy in how Gartner talks about producing software that a lot of it I don't agree with. Yeah, so recently they came out with this report and they're pushing a theory called, well, they came out with it in 2015, and it's called bimodal IT. Well, so as soon as you use the word IT, I've, I'm switching off almost immediately. And why, why do you switch off? The word... It's sort of like community signaling. It's like if you talk about tech or software or, or, or engineering or something like that, you've you've got an understanding of like it implies to me that you know how to build software. Yeah. And if you talk about IT, then I hear someone you know holding the purse strings as a top-down CIO, ancient corporate thing, which of course is, is the world that Gartner lives in. So no wonder they're using the, the word IT all over the place. Yeah. But I don't think I know any engineers who would describe what they do as IT. Well, I, I, I do think you have kind of a, a self-selecting sample because you live in San Francisco. Deliberately so. All right. So basically Gartner's approach, which I disagree with, but I'll describe it, they basically tried to break up software development into two modes. And they called the one mode of IT more uh, the systems of record. The big banks, the slow, the very, uh, and I'll, I'll just read off how they described it. It's all about reliability, it's all about plan-driven, it's about things that are far from a customer. So basically like back-end systems. Okay. And, and th- this is mode one? Yeah, this is mode one. Okay. This is kind of, I'd call, and they say, think marathon runner. Like kind of slow, steady, reliable. And the path two they describe as the agile sprinter. You know, which is more about continuous for new projects, for things that are very customer-facing. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the at the graph here or the or the chart and it really seems like mode 1 is waterfall and mode 2 is agile or at best uh, at a very close approximation. So I think it's Gartner basically trying to break up the vendor landscape because that's what they do. You know, they try oh, to Okay, do. so you, you can take a vendor and put it into mode 1 or mode 2. Yeah, and they're okay. saying based on your project. Gotcha. Here so here's I'm like, going to say without any shame or fear of being wrong, but that if your CIO buys from a mode 1 vendor Quit now. Quit now. Quit now. Like just that's that's well, it. I'm, well, I'm walking out the door. Well, so Jez Humble wrote a brilliant comeback 
which I'll, mm-hmm. I'll acknowledge right away because you know I'm a huge admirer of Jess Humble. Where he's basically like, "This is bullshit." Okay. Lately. So I, I read I read his comeback and and I agree that it is bullshit. But I think I, I think it's bullshit for different reasons. Well, and me, he thinks it's bullshit. All right. Well, let's well so let me let me summarize his just for those following at home. He basically said that this this is bullshit because these two systems interact together. Like the argument that we have our back end slow systems and our front end fast systems, so they could go on different paces is ridiculous because they need to talk to each other. Like if you're a bank and you're rolling out a new website, it needs to talk to a back end system and you can't really iterate. I mean, is, is this not microservices that, that, that we're talking about? You yeah. know, you have two different services that operate at different paces. Is that not possible? And, and he also said that the best companies like Toyota mm-hmm. iterate on both axes at the same time. Right, right, right. I, I noticed he mentioned Google and Amazon a, a whole lot. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, um, you can't say, okay, these systems are really slow and reliable, and these are fast and agile, and yeah, that yeah, somehow yeah. we'll come up with a winning combination from this. Right, right, right. right. So, so slow cannot be reliable in my. Yeah. Yeah. Like so. Well, I'll, I'll come to that. What, what else did Jess say? Uh, well, that, that's a summary, and I, okay. I encourage everybody to go read his whole article. Yeah, it was, it, was good. it was quite good. My twelve seconds skim of it <laughs> was. I, I was impressed. So my my sense on this is that they've packaged up waterfall yeah. into a best practice. I think waterfall is very comforting to some people. Cuz they think of waterfall as a way in which they were more in control. Right, right. So, so so there's a lot of upfront planning and 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 that sort of thing. I I think people are more comfortable. I mean, there's something very seductive about the idea of we will, we will spec it and it will be right and and then we will we will deliver that. Um, I just don't think that it's good, uh, realistic. Uh, uh, I mean, any sort of way to deliver software. Yeah, I agree. But I think this is what Gartner is trying to say: is that like, hey, agile seems very frightening. So when you say, "Oh, this is repackaged waterfall," you say that like it's a bad thing. Well, no, I do. I do because they're saying that it's valid to like. I mean, essentially, what they're doing is is they're allowing people who are stuck in the waterfall world to be like oh waterfall is perfectly valid we'll have like two projects that that that, that do agile and keep the majority of the company yeah. on yeah right. i mean that's so so, so as a, as a perhaps as a migration path where where eventually those those the people who think that die or retire then then yeah maybe but if if they're actually presenting this or if they actually believe the thing that they're saying, where this is a valid way of producing software, I I, I think they're batshit. Yeah, and I, I agree. I mean, like, so so the example they gave is waterfall is more like a marathon runner, and agile is a sprinter. I think as a marathon runner or as an ultra marathon runner, yeah, you have to be extremely agile when you're running. Mm-hmm. Like you're constantly changing your plan. Right, right, right. You're constantly like, am I? And and that's when you know where the um where the finish line is. Yeah. I mean, the whole point with software and the whole problem with software and the reason it's different to like building a bridge or something like that is you rarely know where the finish line is. Yeah, that's such a good metaphor. I mean, but you don't even know what it means to, to have be, crossed to be done. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, like, um, so, so, so when you run a race, you need to know here's the end point. Right, right. How much and, and food you, do I need? You mostly you, you know the path as well, right? You've, you've possibly run this race before. Yeah, and I think with software, it's more like you don't know where the finish point is. Right. There is no finish point, in fact, because if you're successful, you'll be continuing to evolve. Right, right. Like right, Amazon right. started off as a bookseller. Yeah. Now they sell cloud services. Right. If they'd said, "Hey, we're going to take this bimodal approach, where like uh, we have our steady book system and we're just going to iterate on the front end," they would never come up with AWS's approach, right, right, which right, is where right. they actually make all their money. And there's a, there's an interesting thing in this chart of like the culture is IT centric, removed from the customer, versus in mode two, it's business centric, where it's close to the customer. 
Yeah, which I think is ridiculous. I mean, what, what crack are they smoking here? <laughs> I mean, the, it's it's like they're saying that it's okay to have a mode in which you're removed from the customer. Well, it's, it's basically kind of a, a a sop to the old world where it's like, hey, we release every three world three right, years right, and nothing right. changes. I I heard a really interesting story from um, do you know James Smith of Bugsnag? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he used to work at Bloomberg, and he said they had some pieces of um, Fortran that were mission critical, mm-hmm. but yet nobody understood. Of course not. And so they 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 literally could not. I mean, as soon as you say it's mission critical, then no one's allowed to touch it, so no one will touch, it, and so no one will understand it. Your bus factor goes down to zero. No one can, do, yeah. Yeah. Disaster. So it, so now they're kind of in this bad state because it's mission critical, but they right. cannot improve it. Yeah. Because like it's like well nobody understands it. Yeah. So they took this mode one approach of like, hey, this part is done. Yep. And now they're kind of in this hole because it's written in Fortran. Right, right, right. Versus if you go more than mode two of let's always be improving, they yeah. would have iterated to a better language or well, better. Well, a so you, way. D- you do end up in this in this situation sometimes. I, and I think that, that you do need a tactic to get out of it. I think it's not a particularly hard thing to do. You put an API in front of it, you try to build something else that API that matches the API, and then you you know feature flag your way your way into it. But I, I certainly I think anything where you're looking at long cycle times, where you're looking at fear of touching a component, anything where you're not constantly delivering the customer value and getting feedback from that value is is just a disaster. So, so what do you what do you think are the pitfalls of that model? It's it's one of those things where when you're doing a continuous delivery podcast and you have a continuous delivery company and you like live in this continuous. Continuous delivery mindset that it's been. It's been quite a few years since I've had to. Anywhere a continuous delivery T-shirt. Right. I mean, the the major pitfall is is, is risk. Right. The, yeah. the, the, this is this is why we love continuous delivery. I'm sure we've talked about risk in every episode so far. If you have a long cycle time and you're you're going in the wrong direction, to go back to the race analogy, it'll be a long, long time before you discover that you're going in the wrong direction, and you you may be unable to find your way back. Yeah, or or there could you could have just driven yourself off a cliff right, to go right, on the exactly, race. You yeah, could yeah, be yeah. like, I mean, it's essentially what what you're saying in this is is we're going to close our eyes and drive according to the plan, and if the plan is wrong or we don't actually know how to follow the plan, or, or there's not a car that we're in. Ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, there's an interesting thing here that, that they talk about approval based, and th- th- this is kind of how I think about this world. It's like it's a, do you have the phrase jobs worth? No, so it's 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 a phrase you have in Ireland. You probably have it in England as well. But it's the, the the idea is that that you only do exactly what's in your job description. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. like work uh, work to the hour. Yeah, yeah. Work, work to rule that you know yeah. all, 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 all all this sort of thing. And it's kind of like no one got fired for IBM or yeah. for for buying IBM, right? You do something within your job to stay employed, but you actually don't give a shit about. Yeah. The project being delivered, you don't care about the company. You, garbage, you, garbage in, garbage out. Yeah, exactly. I, I built what you told me to build. Exactly. And so when, when it says like plan-driven approvals based, it's like, all right, no one's getting fired for implementing this plan that has been approved, but everyone should be fired. Yeah. Well, they, for agreeing to go along with this. It, it goes back to something we talked about a long time ago. Um, how much leeway does an individual have to say like this entire thing is kind of broken? Yeah, yeah. Like if you're if you're at this big organization where it's like, okay, you do what the spec says to do, mm-hmm. you do what the spec has to, says, and, right? And I think people are scared of mode two. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, anything new is scary. I mean, the, the, the way that people deal with fear a lot of the time is they they sort of clamp down on it. 
and they're they're like you know we, we, they put approvals in front of it and they're like I want to see everything that 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 comes out and so when you move to agile and I'm going to use the agile with a small a process so like constantly changing what it is you're doing you're constantly changing the direction you're in you're you're, you're pathfinding very effectively but you're you're acknowledging that you don't actually know where you're going I mean yeah it's 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 scary times yeah I mean it's like- scary times until you've done it a few times once you've done a couple of cycles like this it Nothing looks scary at all. It's scary to like to think that you could plan your future. Yeah, well, it goes back to the whole thing about like should a startup do a five year plan? Right, right. And I don't think they should do longer than a three month plan. To be honest, like you should have a five year vision. Yes, yeah, a, a vision definitely. Yeah, but like a, it's it's. You could argue, and and I think that this is that this is actually quite a thing to do, is that you have let's say a three year plan or or two year plan, let's say, and you redo it every month. It seems like a lot of overhead. Maybe every every month is a bit often, but like you, you redo it as soon as you get feedback. So when I'm looking at what I want to do for my personal productivity, I, I have a month plan, a week plan, and a, and a daily plan. And on Tuesdays we do the podcast, right? Yes, exactly. So I, I put in the what I'm going to do this month in the or or what I plan to have accomplished, and frequently halfway through the month. I'll realize that that the things that I wrote at the start of the month will have been wrong, and so I redo the monthly plan. Yeah, but I do think there's a big benefit in writing it down. Up yeah, front. yeah, yeah. Like plans are worthless. Planning is is essential. Yeah, like so for a startup, like every month we talk about our big picture goals. Yeah, yeah. And then for every week we break it down. Like here's yeah, what we're gonna yeah, do this week, yeah, yeah. and we we're not s- s- blind. Right, right. But all like, all like this is a very changes. is a very mode two thing in in Gartner's thing. I don't I don't think anyone would say like. First, we will build the software. Then we will QA the software. Then we will deliver the software. Then we will hire the salespeople. Then we will sell the software. I, I guess the engineers are twiddling their thumbs at this point. Well, I, I do think there is something to um, you know. You staff to demand. You build an MVP and see if you can attract people to it. Mm-hmm. You do some marketing, see if your marketing is successful. Right. You, you you iterate. You use the feedback that you have to to get somewhere. All, all fundamentally agile stuff. Yeah, I would I would be shocked if anyone on the left side of this, left side of the chart in the in the mode one thing, has any sense of using feedback in there to guide. I mean, you can't if by definition your cycle time is long. Well, I think a classic example of this is healthcare.gov. Mm-hmm. You know, like right the, the the first version, not the not the second version. The I, first I version, which was very much like, hey, let's build a system. Mm-hmm. Everything has to, you know, and then we'll try to. Manage it all as yeah. at a very large scale instead of hey, let's try to break this down into smallest chunks as possible yeah. to deliver and value. I, I think that the the jobs worth thing that I was talking about becomes inevitably part of one of these large government IT contracts where where you have someone thousands of people executing the plan and getting paid and and no one can see the wood for the trees possibly willfully. Um, well, sometimes willfully and sometimes even if they say it, they're branded as a troublemaker. Yep, like whistleblower. Just, yeah, shut up, code. Yep. You know who cares if it like like the classic is um, the poor engineers of the NASA Challenger. Mm-hmm. Like they so they were so do you know Challenger? Uh, yeah, that was the that was a shuttle accident. People died. Yeah, so uh, uh, Feynman was one of my heroes, and he wrote a book. So he was part of the investigation. Right, right, right. And basically, the engineers at, at the contractor were like, we cannot do this launch. Mm-hmm. You know, it is colder than we've ever done a launch. Oh, interesting. Okay. Like so, they, right? And it's, something shattered because of the cold. Was that right? So they had an O-ring, which is basically an expansion joint. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's basically a piece of rubber that expands and contracts when the when the rocket is taking off. Okay. So what happened because it was so cold is rubber is brittle. 
Mm-hmm. And so that it, it couldn't contract properly. Okay. And so the engineers the night before, like it, it was in Florida, but it's like it's colder than we've ever been lodge. We cannot do this. Okay. And they were, you know, they were just basically saying no. And then their superiors were like, "Wow, this is a long tangent." So I saw I saw a very good split between mode one and mode two recently, and this was in Jeff Bezos's, I think, annual shareholder um, talk about about how we do things at Amazon. Right, uh, and so it's not the same mode one, mode two as as uh, Gartner, but it's a very very similar thing. And he split things into mode two, where we expect to fail a lot, and mode one, where failure is really not an option. So something where like we give all the Kindles away to make it up on books. That's a that's a mode one. You you sit down, you do the plans, you do the financial models, you 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 know you really work this out. And and mode two is like we 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 launch a fire, like. We don't get anywhere in the in the marketplace. Fine, we do amazing, and a lot of the successful things like Amazon Web Services, like Alexa, were, were all like mode two projects that that they threw ten things against the wall and one of them stuck, and then they they quietly or not so quietly because you're at Amazon scale that people complain when these things go away. But you know they they killed nine of them. Yeah, but I think Jez Humble's point, and I think what you made before is that even in mode one. You have to realize that failure is not an option, but failure can happen. And how do we right, fire, right. how do we build a process against? So that? I, I guess I guess I'm misquoting and, and poorly paraphrasing Bezos to say you know, failure is not an option. It's much more. There are some things that you need to do methodically and be very careful about. And these are very very few and far between. And the vast majority of organizations proceed as if. Everything is a type one decision when in fact the vast, vast majority are type two. Well, I think that's because a lot of organizations don't have a culture where failure is cool. Right, right, exactly. But everyone who, I mean, there's inherently a tie between this we can fail and, you know, we're we're shipping with short cycle times because really you can't fail when you have long cycle times. Yeah, no, if everyone is, if every moon, if every moonshot takes three years, yeah, yeah, you, you can't. Around. Right, and it becomes inevitable that when you start to have these really short cycle times, you see that the the cost of failure is really low, and the benefit of trying things that might not be successful is really high. I, I guess that that's where I'm drawing the analogy between Gartner's Type One and Type Two, and or Mode One and Mode Two, and, and Bezos's Type One and Type Two. Yeah, they're they're fundamentally kind of concerned with the same thing, but one of them is just like this. Throwback, awful thing, and I think Bezos really nails how to think about the, the, those different projects. Well, I think so. I'll sum up. I, I love your example of running because I like running. I think mode one is more like everybody is Steve Jobs; they know the exact right direction to go in. Right, right. Versus, hey, none of us are Steve Jobs, and let's kind of like wiggle our way in the right path and mm-hmm. figure out if we're going the right path. Right. And by the way, even Steve Jobs was not Steve Jobs. Right, right. Like he had many very expensive mistakes. Yeah. I think one of the most damaging things as well in the industry is people who think they're Steve Jobs. Or damaging to themselves. Do people still think that? I mean, it was a thing like three or four years ago where everyone you, you, you talk to who was in, at least in, in sort of the startup y part of the world, would think they were Steve Jobs. Yeah, I've never thought I was Steve Jobs. I've always, when I was fundraising, I think it was dinged a little bit because sometimes I would say stuff like, you know, we have some marketing ideas, but we don't know which one is right. Oh, I get, right, right. They, they expect some sort of certainty. I mean, people find confidence to be very 
attractive is a good word, but in the in the sort of you know you, you, the sort of thing you want your CEO to have is like confidence, and you, you feel you feel a lot of confidence investing in someone who's confident, and that, that's, even if it's ludicrous. That's what I figured out. Like, and then I could put my you know say it much stronger. Like, right? We think content marketing is going to work out. And I, it was the exact same yeah, thesis yeah, inside yeah, of like yeah. this content marketing. I, right? I, I I had exactly the same thing. Like when when I was going down for my. Um, Raising a Series A, and so I was going down to Sand Hill Road a lot, and I, I'm I'm very very much of the you know I don't know what's going to work, I don't know the right way, you know I'm sure we'll figure it out, we'll we'll try things and and we'll we'll get there and we'll we'll work through our mistakes to to get there. Investors do not want to hear that, right? Exactly. Investors so, do not want to hear that. They no. they want to hear like, hey, we're going to do content marketing. Exactly. Here's our plan. So what I did, and I, I remember this vividly, like I remember sitting in the parking lot in Kleiner Perkins. At eight in the morning, I'm the only car in the car park, and I'm blasting "Lose Yourself" by <laughs> Eminem as as loud as I possibly can. I, I'm just sitting there, I'm, I'm fucking shouting, <laughs> uh, and uh, it, it, it's you know the way to instill the confidence that they expect um, that they expect you to have. Yeah, it's funny because I got I got the exact same feedback, and I, I think it's because uh, we're very similar. But it was like you know, sit up straighter. Be more authoritative, right, 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 right. And 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 inside, you could still be, because in my head, I thought I was being very analytical. Mm-hmm. Like we have some strategies, we don't know which one is right, but yeah, we we'll work yeah, through yeah. this. There's like, no, say you have strategies, yeah. and that you're M and well, and you're gonna. I mean, the, 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 there is there is a this is this is quite the tangent, but the, there is a strong correlation between someone who can lead and someone who's like confident in in, in their decisions. The pattern that I. Giving VCs the benefit of the doubt here is that they're looking for someone who can, you know, take a, a ragtag group of of misfits and you know lead them into battle and and come out successful the other side. And and many I, startups I, that, I love, that analogy kind of applies. Well, that's very true. I mean, you're basically a squad leader, right? Right. Like right, so, right. I'm a, I'm a huge. So you uh, want to see that confidence from your squad leader? Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, I'm a, so I grew up in DC, so I kind of grew up going to DC and seeing a lot of World War II movies. Mm-hmm. And there's this classic plot line of like, you know, the the leftover squad. Yeah, yeah. Who's actually like all have these the A team, and you assemble them to something that's stronger than all the parts, and you right, lead right, them right, to right. victory. And the, the 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 leader gets you know starts out a little bit t- tough. No one really likes him, but then he manages to to pull a vision together when they get trapped behind enemy lines. And it's basically also the plot of Star Wars, by the way. Who who's the leader? Well, that you can uh, I would say it's Princess Leia. Uh, no, I, I think that's probably right. Um, all right, so, so Star Wars way, good, Gartner bad. Is that is that our conclusion? I think Gartner is good in that. No, I, I actually think it is as well. I'm, I'm being a little bit facetious here. Want to walk back on on that last thing? I think there's still a fair amount of fear around what agile really means in terms of control, and I think Gartner. I mean, it's, is, it's only been around like twelve or thirteen years at this point. So I expect that that people would still fear it. I don't know if you're being facetious or not. That, that's facetious. So Gartner's message right here is fine for your, you know, young risky projects. Go off and do this fresh new thing, agile. Right, right, right. So cool. no matter what, I think don't listen to Gartner on this. Every project is a type two project. The risk is lower. Long cycle times kill you. Even if you're on the, you know, piece of Fortran that that no one can touch, like. You can continuously deliver your way out of that far better than you can do a a mode one project out of it. Thanks for listening to this episode of To Be Continuous, brought to you by Heavybit and hosted by me, Paul Bigger of CircleCI, and Edith Harbaugh of LaunchDarkly. 
To learn more about HeavyBit, visit heavybit.com. While you're there, check out their library, home to great educational talks from other developer company founders and industry leaders. 